they put out the, the the list of the top the most expensive cities in the entire world, not just the US, in the world. And New York was number two. <laughs> I thank God that I That's never really true. had that. I want to live in New York mentality. South never. Florida. When you when you take it in equation to median income, South Florida uh, is number three in most expensive places to live as of today. In the world? In the country. No, I'm talking about the world. Oh, no, not in the world. I'm talking about the, talking about the entire globe. I don't see how that still works, but yeah. Yeah, but their incomes are higher. Uh, in the US, as far as I know today, it's Seattle's number one. San Francisco's number two, South Florida's number three, and then New York's like number five. I forget what number four is. When well, when you equate now. Yeah, when you equate to the, the <laughs> ratio of what you make to what you spend. Uh, I think it was like South Florida uh, people who live in South Florida spend about half their yearly income on housing. Yeah, but you, you, yeah, but you still get more in South Florida. Like even if you make more in your whatever in, in new york you're still paying more for a smaller space well yeah but you're making more so it the, the yeah. ratio is less but i'm saying as far as the dollar amount but what you actually get as far as what you're paying for they should add that in too because that's even well less. yeah but still when you're when you're talking about paying out you're talking about half the money you make all year just goes to your housing that's pretty crazy that's most people, especially nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the when I when I was coming up, the the equation was one week salary should be your rent or mortgage. I mean, now that's unheard of. It'll be worse by the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, now even if you make six figures, you're still middle class. Boom Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Worst Ones Podcast. This is the podcast for preachers' kids. Uh, I am a preacher kid. I'm one of your hosts, Rudy Wilson. Got Janessa rolling in the building. She's a preacher's kid. Perry Wayne is in the building. He's a preacher's kid. And Kelly Lee is on a family vacation with her preacher family. Uh, but she's also a preacher's kid. And um God bless her in her absence. Uh, how's everybody else doing, Janessa? Uh, I'm doing pretty good uh, on the back end of COVID, but you know, much better. Um, new semester started. Oh, I I think I told y'all I got an A in my environmental health science. <laughs> Go and tell us again. <laughs> Made the honor roll again. <laughs> Quit bragging. Uh, but no, a new semester started Monday, so we're back in it. Cheers to the honor roll. It's a water bottle, but cheers. <laughs> right. <laughs> cheers to the honor roll. But other than that, um, mm, I did do an adulting thing. I bought a new 
bed and a new mattress and finding a mattress is really stressful because there's so many and I have to lay on so many, but yep. Yep. you know, I nailed it down and I'm happy about my purchase. So anything yes. did you get like a temper pedic or anything? Sleep number? Um like so I really I honestly don't know the name of it. Uh I think it's actually a King's Down. Mm. But it was just it's so funny because I had went to so many stores and it was one of those things. I got it from Rooms to Go. I was like, let me just run in here real quick, see what they had. It was some Memorial Day sales and stuff. And I laid on that thing. Uh-oh. You know? <laughs> so, yes, yes. That's a good question. Go ahead. I think the most important thing for me, though, and maybe, Terry, this might, you can share if this happens uh in your family but like i feel like i've never had a real a brand new bed it's always been like passed down from somebody yeah. um so like my old mattress at my parents house is like 20 years old so mm. you know for me getting a brand new mattress was like a big deal for me. yeah i i think the first time i actually bought bought a mattress in a store i think i was about 30. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm 33. This is the first time I bought a brand new mattress for me that I want, you know, because I even was thinking about it when, you know, when they're asking, oh, what kind do you want? Plush, firm, whatever. I'm just kind of like, whatever's been in there right. for the past right. 20 years. You know, right. like, right. we don't get no choices over here. So, so I, I, but I was just thinking about that, like, because I, I bought a, a new mattress before and I was probably like in my late 20s, or early 30s, but. Even then, I, I haven't even bought one from like a real mattress store, if you will. Like mine was like a like they sold clothes and all types of <laughs> shit. Like they was like they like I really actually bought the whole bed set. Like it was a set. Like it was headboard, everything. Yeah. But it was like the queen size or whatever it was. But um I guess that but that's a good question. I'm thinking about I guess maybe just where you had in life as far as what type of mattress you get. Because like just thinking like if you newly married and y'all buy a house, like you want something comfortable to sleep on, but y'all probably gonna be having a lot of sex. You know what I'm saying? Like newlyweds, whatever, like that. So like, you can't have something like too soft, where it's like it's messing up the sexual experience. But at the same time, you don't want nothing too firm that when it's time to go to bed, you know, you, you, you are comfortable as well. So I, I, I'm, I just was thinking about that when you were talking. Like choosing a mattress is a much more important decision than it, you know, than it gets credit for. Absolutely. Um, and of course, like um, they're expensive, so you don't want to get a mattress and then you know start sinking. Right. Um, of course, I've learned a lot about warranties and how that you know companies basically don't want to honor your warranty, so you have to do go over and beyond to make sure you you know your mattress is protected. You don't have stains on it, don't have this on it, don't have that, and so it is. You know, like it's it's not necessarily just oh, i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get this one and that's it right well i mean look mattresses aren't uh, they they've come down quite a bit ever since the internet age because now now you can order the memory foam mattresses uh, online you can get a king size for like four hundred dollars but i hate memory foam that's my oh, thing oh well i can't i, I can't I help like, you then i, I like coils i like traditional inner springs or a hybrid, but that memory phone, 100% memory phone, I feel like I'm sinking. And that's, oh, that was my right. big thing 
was because I've always had a hand-me-down mattress. You know, it was already worn in good. I was always thinking. So for me, getting a firm mattress with uh, coils was important. So mm. yeah, memory foam well, does it for me. Well, I love memory foam. So that's why I like it. Uh, 400 bucks, it comes in a box. You know, you just got to take a few hours, let it uh, inflate. But are y'all are y'all able to sleep well anywhere, or, or is like you have to be at home in your bed type of thing? I can sleep anywhere. I can sleep anywhere. Yeah, I'll sleep on the floor. It'll be fine. I no. can't do that though. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what. Even, I'm even even at forty one, like I'll sleep on a hard floor. It's actually better for your back. But I got you. All um, right, well, Tara, how you doing? Eh, it's fine. Who's the Titans? Who's the Titans? You mean the Tennessee Titans? I didn't see the Tennessee low at the bottom. I yeah. just seen, I thought it was maybe like a, a local team or something. No, no. Gotcha. Okay. No, no, no comedy, nothing coming up. No, nothing exciting. I'm, I'm building. I'm building to it. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Yeah. No, no, nothing, uh, nothing exciting this week, unfortunately, since Saturday. <laughs> all right mm. uh well i'm cool you know i don't have anything exciting either mm. well let's get to your topic that uh was supposed to happen like two weeks ago or something um and we'll finally well i just want to discuss it with you guys because i was looking into it and i was a bit confused it, it seemed a little uh murky when it came to inequality because in in one in one reference it says to you know where much is given much will also be given and where less is given more will be taken right but then on the other hand it says you know the poor will always be with you so it, you know it'll say the poor that will always be with you uh but a gift from the poor is naturally better than a gift from the rich uh, so I just want to get you guys' opinion on inequality in the Bible, because it's basically saying like, you're always going to have inequality. Uh, as far as on, if, if you're, if you're measuring it by, I guess, money fin financially. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, no, cause Jesus talked about the Bible. I mean, he, Jesus talked about money a lot. Uh, in fact, the second most used word in the Bible that Jesus said was money, other than love. Love was the first word that he used the most. Money was the second. So it's obviously an important thing, you know. Now you have... Well, minute, just because he, he said it the second most doesn't mean that it was in a positive light. He could have been dogging money out. That's why he said it so much. Right, but the fact that he talked about it so much tells you it's important. Because you don't oh, talk. I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, not, not you don't talk about something that much if it's not important. Not necessarily. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Not necessarily important to him, but just important in general. Which is why, even if he was talking, of course. Right, yeah, right. and now there's even ministries today that that are preaching that very thing. I see it all the time. I'm sure you've seen it by now too. They're advertising these ministries, especially online, that uh, now it's all about making as much money as you can because so you can do things with your money you know so that you can sew it back into your church or into your community or this or that but 
I mean, we all know what's real. <laughs> so, I, I mean, should well, not that this is on with the with the question or I guess or the topic, but should people go to church? Like, or is it is it right or wrong for people to go to church with the expectation of just say their finances increasing, and not necessarily because somebody gave it to them, but even if they learned how to manage them better, whatever the case may be, or should people only go for like? Some type of spiritual food like but if they if you but if you go to because like if you gotta if i think a lot of times pastors get a bad rap because like they're you know living just say the the wealthy life and then everybody else in their congregation appears to be living way below that but what if everybody in the congregation not everybody but just say a good majority you know what I'm saying, or even everybody just for the sake of the, uh, the example had like a you know a, a good life not as everybody has to be the richest person in the world but every, all the congregation like as people come to this church like they're learning about you know whatever that's allowing their finances to grow like is, are they wrong for coming to church for that yeah like, yeah yeah i mean saying, if saying, you... why why come why come to church and, and you and it's only okay if you're poor or, or it's only okay if you're. Well, I didn't say that. Living a, living a humble life. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't say that. All right. What you were talking about is the reason. You said. I'm not saying it's the. the only, I'm not saying it's the only reason. I'm just saying, but like right. that's, that's part of the reason that you that you come. Like there, I'm not only getting a spiritual growth, but I, but my finances are also growing. Like, is that wrong to get that from church, or do you have to get that from an outside source because it's it's church? Well, no. There's no. There, there's nothing wrong with having money, right? There's nothing, there's nothing morally wrong with having money. Uh, I have money, but uh, there's nothing morally wrong with that. But it's your intention. Um, you know, if you truly believe in God, if you truly believe in God and heaven and the Bible, uh, your whole life should be done nothing uh, to gain nothing more than God's favor. That's it. That should be your whole life because you're talking about your whole eternity after this versus what, 80 years that you're here if you're lucky. Uh, so if you're, a, if you're truly believing, then every moment of every day should be about pleasing God. I don't, I don't, I don't see what, how does pleasing God and. Well, let's put it this way. If you're gaining wealth, are you gaining wealth so that you can use it to sow back into your church, sow into your community, or are you gaining wealth because you want to have a nicer house and a nicer car and, and you know, be the envy of your community? In my opinion, I'm not speaking for everybody. In my personal opinion, I think you should do it for both. I think that, I, don't, I, I think, I think you, there's, a, there's a, a selfish and selfless part in obtaining wealth you know what i'm saying like if you if you get it and you only get it just for yourself then i do think that is selfish but i if, I, if you get it and you only give it out to other people and you never like you you say I, i'm gonna stay in the in the in the, in the projects or in this small apartment this one one room shack with millions and millions of dollars just because i feel like this is the best way to go to heaven i don't think it has to look like that now do you have to spend you know, a hundred million dollars on one home? No, you don't. But you can definitely spend, you know, four or five million on a home and still give way more than that to, you know, to the world as far as giving back. So I, I don't, I, but I, I just, 
I don't see the the for it, it equating that just because like you're in religion or Christianity or following Christ or even pleasing God that you have to get everything just to one, give 100% back. Like God is not even require 100%. Well, want 10%. So I so if it, if it comes down to even you know helping other people whatever like that, I'm not saying you have to measure it by that percentage, but it's never been required for you to get something just to give all of it away. Well, let's go to the scripture. Uh, we are talking about Matthew 26. We'll start at verse seven, which is a woman came with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, why do you trouble this woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. Uh, for you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. What, what do you, what's, what's, what's your point with the, the scripture? Well, I think that the, the meaning behind this, obviously we can't take it like it's a parable. Um, we can't take it, you know, as it is. I think the meaning behind this is saying, uh, yeah, you can, you can earn your money. You can get your lavish things, but use it with me use it with this church you know uh if you necessarily just always think about giving to the poor you're actually going to do more of a detriment to yourself than you would if you gave it to the church mm, i mean it's, it's pretty clear well that's no because because he wasn't talking about the church he said he said because you won't always have me well he, he is the church but, but i'm saying but you can always give to the church like Jesus being present on earth, Jesus being in heaven. You can still give to the church, but you can't you can't give oil to the man, Jesus, who wasn't going to always be there. So it wasn't that what the disciples said was wrong. Like, yeah, you could have took that sold, you know, got it for money and then gave and helped the poor. But but the poor are always going to be with you. And he right. was. Right, yes. but the what I'm church. saying, what I'm saying, but Jesus in the physical wasn't. So I'm saying, so it's it's not it's not to say that because you giving to the church allows the church to to help the poor. You know what I'm saying? Or you or you even giving to the poor directly is a representation of something Christ like. So it's not that giving to the poor was like this wrong thing just because it's always going to be poor. I people. didn't say it was wrong, but I'm saying. The way you Jesus that, said it was wrong. But that's what I'm saying. The way you presented it is if like Jesus was shunning them for giving to the poor. And it wasn't about giving to the poor. It was about in this moment, this is what this lady has to offer. And instead of and instead of it being given to somebody else who's going to be here when I leave anyways, she gave it to me instead. That's not the same thing as saying like the church is going to be gone one day. So let me give it to the church and then I'll take care of the poor later. That's, that's well, not the same thing. maybe it would give it more context if I uh, finish the verse. Um, uh, for you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, uh, whoever, uh, whoever this gospel is proclaimed in the uh, whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So basically, I think what he's saying with that second part is like your good works are your legacy you know what i mean and if they're done if they're done with a good intention 
then it really doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is as long as the intention behind it is good. Because, see, that you last can't part, say no, it's an opinion. No, I'm saying that, <laughs> I'm saying that, that last part, it, it, I feel like it's more volumes to what I'm saying because he's saying that she did this in alignment with my will. Like, I have to die. I have to be buried. Her doing this helps that cause, which is a way bigger cause than you taking money to go help the poor right now. Because the poor is going to be here and you can do that another time. That doesn't, but that, that that's not the same thing as trying to say, you know, um, I forgot how you just worded it, but. I didn't it, word it. It's, no, I'm talking about how you worded your interpretation. I'm saying mm. it, it's, it's a different. You're, you're talking. You're talking about two different things. You're talking about apples and oranges. It's in in the in the examples. It's not. It's not the. Am I? The same thing. And and it, even even going to the whole inequality in the Bible, like saying the poor will always be with you. Going back to the scripture you always bring up, Terry. I mean, is that really an inequality when there's also a scripture that says that the last should be first and the first should be last? So no. If you are at the bottom, or like, are you really being treated unequally, you know, or unequally rather? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a hypocrisy. I mean, I, if you're saying that's a hypocrisy, I, I disagree. I, I'm saying I'm not saying it's a hypocrisy. I'm saying you're saying that there's inequality in the Bible because the, the you mentioned about the scripture about the poor will always be with you. So that's that's an unfair disadvantage that they're at. Right. Whoever the poor will always be. But I'm saying. But if there's also a scripture that says that the last shall be first, then are they really being treated? Are they really being, you know? No, I heard it the first time. Uh, <laughs> but I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm saying I don't think that's a hypocrisy because what it's basically saying is that it, at least as a whole, I'm, I believe that the Bible is saying that inequality is a man-made invention. And it's a man-made invention just by the thing that you said, you know, by the very scripture that you said, those who are first in line on earth will be last in line in heaven and vice versa. Uh, it's saying that inequality is a man-made invention, but God, God will make equal in heaven what is unequal on earth. It's, a, it's that very point that I was trying to make was we we are the ones doing this we're the ones clamoring for more and more and more and you see it there's more billionaires walking the earth today than there ever has been in human history you know and, and the yeah, scale but, but, the scale always be able to say that though like 20 no, years from now it's gonna be more billionaires and that'll be the more the most in history because no there won't but it's fine the scales are tipped are yeah i'm serious uh the scales are tipped too far so all we're really doing is hurting ourselves with with this huge. Why do, you, why do you? But why do you gauge everything by monetary value? Like every time there's a there's a an example of a high and a low or a fair and unfair, especially when it comes down to religion, pastor, somebody in the Bible, you always equate it to money, and that's what I'm saying. Like why? Why? And then you'll say money isn't bad, but then you'll say we have the most billionaires and all this unfair and blah blah blah. blah but I'm. Why, why is it a money thing as opposed to a character thing or a love thing or, you know, or anything else? Like, why is it not measured by any of those things outside? Because of people don't care about those things. People look money, cash rules, everything around me. Right. Like that's that's a reality. That's a reality for ninety nine percent of the people. 
And I don't care what religion you are. That's just a thing. Uh, it's not the thing that I want it to be. I would, I would, you know, I would totally vote on the side that character, empathy, kindness, generosity, those things should be more valuable than money, but they're just not. That's uh, that's a euphoria thought. Saying, I'm not saying people's values on those things. I'm saying when it comes down to you, Terry, measuring like somebody fitting in the scripture as far as being who will be the first and the last, mm-hmm. it's always a monetary thing as opposed to being measured. Off. Like, does God not measure? who's going to be first and last in heaven or when he equals things out by anything else outside of how much money somebody has? Uh, no, I actually, no, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Um, we go back to the story. We talked about it before with a woman who only had two copper coins and gave those to the temple, as opposed to the rich men who gave silver coins. Jesus proclaimed that her gift was better than theirs because she had given all she had. So it's, Again, it's really uh, it's really about your motivation. It's really about your uh, what, what your I'm, intent is. But what I'm saying is, you constantly when we talk about who's first and last and who's being treated unequal, fair, whatever, you measure it off of. Even when we talk about preachers, like you always bring up like the Joel Osteens and whatever. Like it's it's almost like yeah. anybody, anybody who's in Christianity who has a high dollar amount attached to them. That's, that's right. Evil, that's evil in your eyes. And I'm asking. No, why. no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying it's evil in my eyes. What I'm saying is evil got them there. OK, well, you want to listen or you want to talk? I'm saying, how is that? How is that? 100%? You asked me a question. I'm trying to answer it. But I'm asking another one. now. Can I answer the first one? Go for it. OK, because they didn't get there with a good intent, which is what I was saying before. It's all about your intent because intent matters. You know, uh, your drive matters and what's driving you. And I promise you, when I talk about, you know, the Creflo dollars and the Joel Olsteins and all that, their intent was not to make a bunch of money so that they could share it with their congregation or make a bunch of money so that they could uh, improve their community. That was proven by Joel Olstein uh, when he refused to open his church to the hurricane survivors. Uh, and those misplaced by hurricanes in his community. And he refused to open his church, uh, you know, to house those people until they... How do you know how he built his his wealth and the purpose for that? Because him reacting... I, I, I don't. Reacting, I know he has two private jets. Him re- I know him that. Re- I'm saying him reacting after having wealth and, and, and a reason for him building wealth is two different things. And I'm saying you're saying that all these different preachers and and, and, you, and you're speaking for all these preachers, but then you're only giving an example for one. No, no, I'm speaking in judgment of those preachers. But I'm saying, but you're still speaking about a broad base of preachers, but then you give you always give the one example about Joel Osteen. So what is the proof that all these other people who are in God, and I'm not saying that none of them did, didn't do anything wrong. I'm not saying that. I feel like people in, in all facets of life as far as getting money, there's somebody doing it right and there's somebody doing it wrong. But Mm -hmm. I feel like in your eyes, you feel like all the preachers who are in that boat are going about it the wrong way. And I'm no, I'm not. I'm saying the ones that I reference are ones you reference. Whatever I'm saying, how do how do you know that? Like, did you follow their career this whole time, or are you just assuming that it has to work that way? Um, no, I've I've followed quite a bit of them. Uh, 
And I'm not saying it has to work that way. I'm not saying there aren't people that have raised money in the name of God, not even in this religion, other religions. Uh, that though, the, And some of those people have been chastised for their spending too. And I, I completely disagree with them being chastised. The, the one that strikes me the most is Mother Teresa uh, from the Catholic Church. You know, she raised a ton of money for the poor all over the world. And, and by the time of her death, uh, she was chastised ridiculously because of the way she traveled or the way she did this. They, I, and they took no time to figure out the fact that the private jet that she flew on was not provided by her and was not taken from the money that she collected. It was provided by uh, the Catholic Church and it was provided by the Vatican. Um, you know, it, so her in personally can't can't be chastised. But when, when you're taking in millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars every year and you're not being taxed because you're supposed to be helping the community with that money and then you use it to buy two private jets for yourself and your family. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. Do you like you talk about Joel Olstein? Do you know the house he lives in is twenty five thousand square feet? I, I don't care about Joel Olstein. I'm, I'm I, just saying I, that's I, the I, same. That's the same square footage as the house that Bill Gates. Right, but, but but see, I've already made the point on other episodes that I don't think it's right for whether you're in religion or not. Like to me, I think it's bizarre that a studio would take six hundred million dollars just to make entertainment and make a film they're not giving back to the community nor are they trying to make the billion dollars off that film to give back to the community oh come on man we've oh, talked about this before but they're not I, they're not I, preaching the word of god but i'm, I'm saying but you're, you're still making a living off of people's hard-earned money and, yeah. I, and, and what i'm and what i'm saying is like because if you look outside of just religion if if everybody thought that way there wouldn't be as much struggles as they are, but, but it's being, and I'm not, and I'm, once again, I'm not saying that the preachers or the church shouldn't do it. I'm not, it's not an excuse to take them out of it. I'm just saying to, in my opinion, it's spread across the board, especially when you're somebody who has an individual influence. Maybe if you're a studio or something, you're a big company, it's kind of hard to pinpoint that. But if you're mm -hmm. an athlete, you're a rapper, you're, you know, some type of like direct influence because of who you are, your personality, what you do, there's people who are broke, who are whatever, who spending their last to support you to come, you know, spending on your whatever. Yeah. And you're not you're not doing anything in return for them. You're just getting rich to to take care of you and your family. You feel what I'm saying? And so yeah, once, they're, again, they're saying, once again, I'm not saying that since they do it, the preacher should be able to do it. I'm saying nobody should be able to do it, in my personal opinion. But I also think, which is the point of me bringing this up, that. God does not measure everything based off of the dollar amount. You feel what I'm saying? Like, even if you have a lot of money and you go and you and you find a way to get tax free or whatever like this because of, you know, whatever the case may be. I still don't think that God is looking at solely that or even mainly that and saying, OK, this is how I'm determining what's going to be even in heaven, because there's way more than than just the dollar amount, because there's people who don't have any money who are way more shyster than somebody with a million dollars because and it may be because of their circumstances, but they're still, you know what I'm saying? You can have character. No, I, I agree with that. Either like you, you can be evil and be poor. I understand. Right. That's that. what I'm, saying. Yeah, so, I'm not so, saying that. I'm just saying if I was Kenneth Copeland 
right? If I was Kenneth Copeland, I would really hope that God doesn't exist because if he does, you're going to have to pay for all of this eventually. I, I get, I hear you. And what, I, once again, I'm not disagreeing that there aren't, that there's pastors out there that are doing the wrong. I'm not saying that that's not the case. I'm not trying to argue that. I'm just saying that every time we, we look at an inequality in the Bible, because see, for me, and Janessa, I don't know if you have anything to say, you just jump in whatever, but, but for me, like when I, when well, I look it seems at, like I'm you're running at, things. When I look at inequalities, like, and I don't even know if this is in the Bible, but especially mm. like in the black church, like I think, you know, not letting women be in the pulpit is an inequality to me. You know what I'm saying? Not, you know, uh, making people have to wear a certain, you know, clothing or whatever the case may be or doing certain like all of those to me taking you know freedom away and i'm not talking about sins or whatever i'm just talking about like your everyday religious practices like you got to do this you got to do that you got to do this got to do that like to me that's way more of an inequality than somebody having a lot of money and somebody else not you know what i'm saying or somebody who only had two pennies decided to get them two little pennies and and they gave their last as opposed to the rich man who didn't like all of those are, are examples of that fit in there. But to me, once again, this is my personal thing. I'm not saying this is scripture. I ain't saying God said this. I ain't saying none of that. I'm just saying to me, there's a mm. lot of inequalities that I've seen in church growing up. And not in my even my own personal church, but even just knowing about the church culture, especially black church culture growing up. That was yeah, especially unfair than, um, you know, things that, that dealt with as far as like how much money you had. Let me just leave it with this and then we and because I want to hear from Janessa because she hasn't talked this whole time. Uh, let me leave you with this. You can't serve two masters. OK, and that doesn't mean God and the devil, in my opinion. It means this world or the next world. OK, you can't serve two masters. You're either building towards something now or you're building towards something later. OK, you can serve money or you can serve God, but you can't do both. Yeah, but you can have money and serve God. If you are truly serving God, you shouldn't have that much money. That's and that's what I'm saying. But I don't understand that because I, you should have used that money to serve God. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't that have think, it. That's okay. what I'm that does, Maybe you still have to have it to to do. Kenneth Copeland has two private jets. Does he really need two? Having are private, you telling me having you, private having private jets and having money doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the same thing. You can have money without having two private. Jets. Okay, what serves God best? Having two private jets or having one private jet and taking the thirty-five million dollars that you had and giving it back to your people. I'm saying, but how do you give thirty-five million without having thirty-five million? If you got thirty-five million, I didn't say having it. I said you shouldn't have I, it. I said have it. I said, it. I said you can have money yep. and serve God, which means that if I got thirty-five million, I can, I can, I have to have that amount to be able to use it to give back to anybody. Which and means you won't have it for a long. Listen to me, and I have to be able to make more. To continue to do that, what what purpose do, do I serve God for Him to give me a million dollars, me to give the whole million dollars away, and then and now I can't help nobody else because I haven't figured out a way to keep doing this? Like that's that would be a waste of trust me. If you money. if you, trust me, if you made millions of dollars and gave it back to your parishioners, you wouldn't have to worry about millions of dollars coming back in because it, it would just naturally come. Like I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, you, you said you got money. Why you ain't doing it? I do actually a lot. Prove it. Okay. Which I uh, last year I spent a thousand dollars to buy two goats for a village in Africa we support. 
Well, you want to see the pictures? Do I have to prove it? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. I'll put them in the I'll put them in the group chat. Go ahead, Janessa. If if you had. You she know, didn't say one word. I want to hear. I <laughs> had stuff to say a while ago, but y'all was going, so I don't even think it's really relevant at this point. He always gets on me about the money thing. He always I, gets on me. So I don't really know where to even start because a lot was said. Um, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you have something specific, but I don't know. Okay, how about this? If I gave you $10 million today and I said, you got to use this in the service of God, how much do you keep for yourself? Well, first of all, I wouldn't be um, holding myself accountable to you about what God has told me to do with his Well, life. I understand that. I'm just so saying. The, the second thing to that same point, you know, who is it to say that that God gives you this money and God says, I want you to sit on it. And then in 20 years, I want you to create an organization that gives money to single mothers, teenage single mothers. And those 20 years is literally what Rudy said, so that you can set up investments or whatever, so that it will continue to fund this project for 20 more years. But according to your, your, you know, thoughts, oh, I'm wasting, I'm being wasteful. I have all this money, I'm not helping nobody. But is that what God told me to do? That's what I'm more concerned about, audience of one. Though. Is that what God told me to do or is that what Terry wants me to do? Mm -hmm. So well, that's true, I'm just saying okay, for me, you're asking yeah. for my opinion on this $10 million or whatever, I just gave it to you. I'm going to consult with God and I'm going to follow God. And that's what my answer is. Well, and to what you said about sitting on it, if you go back to the parable of the three servants, the three servants that were all given money, do you know, you guys know this one? Uh, I said, I'm following the direction of God. Well, I understand you know? that. I'm, I'm so using in this parable in this parable though. Mm -hmm. Are they following the directions of God that was said to them? Yeah. This is Matthew 24 or 25. I'm sorry. Uh, no, this is the parable as written in the Bible by God. Yes. Yeah. So he, he's all, saying he doesn't. He Well, the one that fails this test is the one that does sit on it. Right. But I'm saying, is that what God told right, them that what to God do? Told, God no, me. that's what he's telling you through this parable. No, 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 no. Terry, God can yes. tell the man in the parable something. He can tell Rudy something. He can tell you something. He can tell me something. It's not a one fit all. The parable goes for everybody. Oh, in the okay. parable, if God told him to spend it and he did not, and he said on it, then he's not following God. But if yeah. God told him to sit on it for 10 years and he did it, then he's following God. Well, he didn't tell him what to do with it. Okay, so then this is irrelevant because we're talking about what did God okay. say to somebody specifically? Okay. Well, in this one, the one that wins is the one that takes his money, makes more money, and then uses it in the service of God. Right, but you also brought up an example where when the disciples tried. I think y'all just want to keep the money. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying you also brought up when the disciples tried to do that same thing. Jesus shut them down and said, I, "The poor will be be with you always." 
Like, right. That's why I want to talk about it. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is, earlier when you brought that up, you're you're making a point about why you shouldn't give it to the poor, and then or why you shouldn't go make more money, mm-hmm. and, and why you should use it on the church. But then now this person ain't using it on the church. They went and made more money. You're saying that's the person that won. Well, no, the person that went took his money, made more money with it, and then used it in service of God. He won. That's what I'm saying. But the disciples tried to do the same thing. Yes. And and, and they got she, shut down. Yeah. And well, no. Yeah. He, he said, why, why would you go make more money and give it to the poor when the poor will be with you always? I'm here now. She right. Use it on me. Right. Exactly. But Jesus isn't here now. That's what I said earlier. I you know. Like, and you were like, no, but he's the church. And, and I said, can I finish, can I I finish said, the sentence before you? Go ahead, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Seriously, go ahead. Before you chastise me? Yes, but Jesus isn't here now. So all we can do with that is use it in his name. We can't We can't use it on him anymore. I said that earlier. And you, you chastised me. I did not. You did. I, I right. literally, because you kept saying that Jesus is the church. And I said, yeah, we can still give to the church now without Jesus being here, but he's not physically here. That's he's right. Here. He's not physically here. Right. But so we're he, using so it to his it. church so is the same. That, so he made that point in that scripture because mm-hmm. he was physically there. It, right. wasn't, it wasn't saying use me as the church, as the representation of the church. Use me as me, as Jesus, the son of God, who's right. going to be buried. So right, this, but he's gone this now. This needs to happen for 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 me, the physical person. This isn't this isn't a, a metaphor for Jesus is the representation of the church, and you should give it because the, if the disciples would have taken that 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 uh, oil, sold it for money, and gave it to the poor, that would have been doing something Christ-like. But Christ shut that down. Right. So that's the so what I'm saying is so it, it, it has nothing. It's all it, it's all about going to Janessa's point about what is what is God telling you to do with those certain things, which is why I'm saying that a, a pastor can have money and not be an evil person. Yes, there are pastors who are evil who have a lot of money, and there's also pastors who don't have any members who are also evil. It's not based off of the dollar amount or how much money you have if if, mm. if you're necessarily evil. Can it? Yes, but that's not that's not a, a broad stroke for everybody. And that's why I'm, that's why I was making the point that you can have a lot of money, be a pastor, be in ministry or whatever. And and to Janessa's point, if God told you to give 100 mm. percent of it back and you don't, then you're doing wrong. But if, but if God told you to do something otherwise, give a little bit, hold on to it, save it, invest it here, whatever the case may be. If you do anything outside of what he's telling you to do mm. with, with that, a lot of money, that's when you're wrong and having money. But just because you have money, you can still be saved. You can still be a Christian. You can still, you know, sure. do things for yourself. But I do agree with you that it should not be 100% for you. I, I, I don't even think it should be 90% for you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not putting a percentage on it, but I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I don't think it should be all for you because, you know, even, even when you gain knowledge, even if it's not something tangible, you gain knowledge. I don't think you get it for yourself. Like you get it to, to give it to somebody else. You feel what I'm saying? So well, you did. You get it to do good works, right? And I'll leave you with two scriptures. Uh, one, um, whatsoever you do unto the least of them, you do it unto me. And two, the love of money is the root of all evil. 
That has nothing to do with having money. Yeah. Okay. Because I can, I can, I cannot have money and still be in love with it, and it'll make me do evil things. That's what I'm saying. Well, That's yeah. That's but you didn't. Uh, most look. Can we at least agree? Most of the people that have a bunch of money did it because they love it. I'm, yeah, I'm saying. Can we that's, say that? That's, that's inside and outside the church. And once again, I'm mm. not disagreeing that there are people who exist like that. I'm not saying that that's, that doesn't exist. No, I think you're disagreeing because you love disagreeing. I'm right. saying no. I I keep making this point because you, I guess, won't understand what I'm what I'm trying to get to. I you get can, what you you're saying. You can money. be evil and poor. I you got it. You can have money and be a good person. Just because yes, I agree. Just because you have money does not automatically mean you're a dirtbag or you did it because you love. I it. agree. I agree 100. I just also agree that it's rare. But you don't know that. You don't know every person with money. You we, we know the people that's in the spotlight. I know a bunch with money. We but... know you know the people that's in the spotlight. There's way there's there's way more people with money in this world that you don't know than that you do. I guarantee that. Well, a hundred percent. That's right. obvious. Okay, yeah. so, so, yeah. so you can't you can't pin that on money. It's not. That's why the Bible specifically talks about the love of money because if it was based off of you just having money, mm. then we're talking about a totally different thing. But you can literally be dead broke, homeless, don't have a penny to your name, and still be in love with money, and you still fall in that category. You're just as bad as the person who has money and is doing the dirty things. I think that money is the greatest evil that man has ever created. There have been more wars fought over money than there have been over God. It's the most evil thing we've ever created. 100%. That's because everybody doesn't believe in God, so that's not a... God, God takes faith. Money doesn't take faith. It's tangible. They, they, they make money. No, money takes faith. Actually, the fiat money system that we all live in in the United States, it is a literally a faith-based money system. It's all, The only reason the dollar has value is because the rest of the world believes in it. But I'm That's saying, it. but they still but they still make money, though. Like, they, they make more of it every day, you know, all the time. Like, money itself ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Time, time sure. is something you can't get back. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that is... It has less value, but people people value money so much because you know, you, I mean, really, you need it to live. But you know, people value money because it makes them feel superior to their fellow man. Yeah, money is power. Yeah, I know. That's kind of my problem with it. Well, well, then live a poor life, Terry. That's apparently what you think. I do. do. No, I do. You got your little picture in the background. You got headphones in. You using Wi-Fi. Get rid of all that and give it to somebody who don't have it. Uh, well, that's the thing is if you get rid of all of it, you can't do anything, but I try to do as much good as I can. When I, but when I make that point, you want to argue. All right, let's do church. No <laughs> church announcements already. Vanessa said like three lines. Um, you can find us on Instagram at the worst ones. PK line number four. Huh? <laughs> now he said, you said three lines. I've said church announcements is line number four. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> been the Rudy and Terry show the whole time. So please follow us there. And once you do, you can head over to YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can find us, um, The Worst Ones Podcast. We have episodes, new episodes every Tuesday. And when you, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. When you listen to our podcast, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and share. 
And you can find Kelly at Princess Kel 51 I'm pretty sure her page is private, but follow her anyways. <laughs> or just incessantly message her over and over and over again. She won't see it. <laughs> you can find me at Melanated Bruce. Uh, we have fun over there. And at Rihanna double underscore um, for my personal page. And mine is open. So just follow me. And that's it. And I'm at Terry Wayne Comedy everywhere. And we don't have any fun over here. <laughs> no laughter. Mm. All right. Uh, and the podcast official page. Uh, it's a live podcast. If you guys want to come join and argue and not have to leave it in the comments, you want to do it live, come to Zoom, 815-499-0955 is the Zoom ID. You uh, should put that on the marker thing because ain't nobody going to remember that. It's okay. All right. It's, if they go to the, the Instagram page or wherever, you know, they'll find it. Oh, it's there? Okay. Go to the Instagram page. Yeah. Get involved in the conversation and make Rudy upset. <laughs> Actually, I'm actually not as involved in that one. So it's pretty much everybody else arguing with each other and not me. So You know, out of all the things you and I argue about, Rudy, I think money is the number one thing. It's because you have such a problem with it. I do. I do. I, I think greed is the worst of all the sins. Yeah. But once again, greed and money are not necessarily, you know, couldn't like together. I don't know. Anyways, we out. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for listening. 40 pieces of silver. Top of the world.